welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, uh, Golden Girls Podcast. I'm Alan, joined by Brenton Ski. Hello. Uh, (laughs) Today, uh, it won't be our normal format. It's going to be Brent doing our recap, although I know recently... That's a little less uncommon for me or Brent to do a recap than he mm-hmm. used to be. Um, and this that, is that's because I'm lazy. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's two in a row, right? I think it's the first time you've ever done two yeah, recaps yeah, yeah. in a row. And you were you did the one right before me, right? I think so. Yeah. And you're doing the next one. No, Ski's doing the next one, but I'll be the one after that. Gotcha. So that's like four out of five non-ski recaps. I know. <laughs> so wow. It's like the world is on its end. Exactly. <laughs> He's doing twenty percent of the recaps, and yet I get accused of the one who's doing the least amount of work. Listen, Not by me. I know. <laughs> the times they are a changing. <laughs> so. I mean, if I were to say something like that, I don't know how the union would react. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Management's always just cracking down on me. So eventually, do you think Ski is just going to be reduced to laugh track? Also, now as be Foley artist. Also, now as Inger's like, good one, guys. Right. He'll <laughs> be our hype man. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> He's just got a sampler over there. He's hitting the button. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like morning talk radio. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Alan and Brent. <laughs> yeah. We could probably be like, uh, what is it? I can't remember. Ira and the douche. Yeah. On, <laughs> and Brent and Ski will be like the guy in the corner who yeah. was, uh, was that Was that Parks and Rec? Yeah, yeah. Parks and Rec. Yeah, we just got <laughs> finished watching that series with the kids. I mean, we I had seen it, and Sharon and I had seen it in the past, but yeah. it was the first like full rewatch we had done of gotcha. it. Who's, who's your favorite character? Oh, probably um, Mona Lisa. Honestly, <laughs> I, it, it might be John Ralphio or Mona Lisa. I think they're fantastic. I, yeah. I always joke with the kids that that's who they are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and their last scene is so great um, because you know I don't know if you remember, but John Ralphio fakes his death to mm-hmm. get out of you know whatever obligation. I don't think I've seen the last episode. Okay, well, this is, I think it's. It's you one just of the last. Ru- you've it's, ruined it for me. It's what their you- last <laughs> appearance, but I don't recall if it's in the actual last episode or not. Anyways. But they fake their death? Yeah. Well, he fakes his death to get out of some obligations. <laughs> um, but then he's like peeking around the tree at the cemetery as they're holding the funeral services. <laughs> and Mona Lisa's like, oh, I secured the car, so we need to get out. And they're like, oh, we need to be inconspicuous. Be being conspicuous and they're like dancing <laughs> on their way out of the cemetery <laughs> they're trying to be inconspicuous yeah. so. that's so john ralph you <laughs> right and then of course they get spotted and take off running but <laughs> yeah. yeah they they might be my favorite characters but if you're talking regular characters um probably ron uh, mm-hmm. what about you i probably go with Dr. Richard Nygaard. Oh, really? <laughs> that, 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 that tracks. <laughs> Do you know who Dr. Richard Nygaard even is? I'm trying other? to think, because I know the name. I'm yeah. trying to remember what he was from. He, he was um, oh, uh, Rob Lowe's characters. Um, Chris Traeger? Yeah, Chris Traeger. Yeah. He was his psychiatrist. Oh, okay. <laughs> who never appears, as far as I recall. He does not. <laughs> he he's gets just talked about. Oh, he's never. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, because I, I remember yeah. Henry Winkler was a doctor too, uh, yeah. but he I couldn't Dr. remember. Yeah. yeah, one Henry. Oh, he was. Yeah, yeah. I forgot he was their parents. Uh, yeah, or was, their dad. Yeah, yeah. So it would have been very progressive. They would have made them both parents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I think I think Leslie at one point said that she always just assumed Doctor Richard Nygaard was Chris in the mirror. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think later though in this in the series he refers someone else to Doctor Richard. Yeah, I think uh, Billy Eichner. Yeah. visits him or whatever. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. 
So, and he's pretty good on it too during his limited. Yeah, he doesn't have a whole portion. long run, but he's pretty hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's definitely got his signature like crazy on. Certainly, yeah, yeah I enjoy his uh, brand yeah. of comedy. I think it's, it's good in smallish doses. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I would be able to watch a whole show of him screaming yeah. at you know people on the street or whatever. <laughs> he's, he's probably done Simpsons, hasn't he? I think so. I think a fairly recent one. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So, um, yeah, we've been. Yeah, I've seen, I think, every episode of The Simpsons. I mean, it's certainly possible that I've missed one somewhere in the 700 episodes or whatever. Not possible. But we've been watching them. One of the 33 Treehouse of Horrors. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'll tell you, I've said this before. I think The Simpsons' quality is pretty good the last few seasons um, overall. But the exception of that in general, I think, is The Treehouse of Horrors that really just... It's rare for me to even chuckle during a Treehouse of Horror episode in these yeah. last several years. It's kind of a mild grin, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Like, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I mean, they put a lot of reference stuff. There's things where I'm looking at like, oh, that's kind of cool. They did that. Like they did one. I think it was last last season, maybe two seasons ago. That was a Coraline spoof. Mm. Like they do little spoofs that it's kind of like, oh, that's a a, a fun spoof. Was it still animated or was it claymation or? Whatever? Um, it was it was animated to look like claymation. Gotcha. Um, and it was you know she goes through like a. A portal or you know like a, a tunnel mm-hmm. um, and it's a middle episode which mm-hmm. the middle ones always tend mm-hmm. to be the weaker of the three they you know started making jokes about that i think mm-hmm. on <laughs> recent seasons of like wow that was pretty good for a middle um, yeah <laughs> but so. yeah, anyways so uh before we kick off the episode i, I do have a, a couple updates you know oh, a couple nice. um of course uh, messages from some of our great listeners nice. um angel sent us a, a very uh short and uh Short, sweet uh, message that I think you'll appreciate. She said, uh, by the way, I love Prince. Oh, nice. So, Thank you, Angel. Good taste. Angel. And I said that you, I'll definitely let you know that we're fans, but you're by far as biggest out of the trio of us. Okay, nice. Which I'd say that's pretty accurate, right? Yeah. I'm glad, Angel. Maybe she's the new Prince is my idol. It could be. However, um, we also got a, a note uh, from uh, from Jennifer um, saying that she, she appreciates, so there's a, a couple things here. She appreciates the tangent on the kids are all right. She said the show is really good, so of course I canceled it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I, I said uh, that you always come up with the best tangents, and mm-hmm. the more obscure, the better. Mm-hmm. And she uh, said that she appreciates them because she's usually over here like, yes. Um, <laughs> and then she also said, also, yes, I like Prince. Nice. <laughs> so two people in the... Nice. Uh, yeah, I made a list. Maybe we'll talk about it sometime soon of our 12 MVP listeners. Yeah. Um, and which ones like Prince? Well, no. Uh, I didn't. One-sixth <laughs> one of them. Yeah. <laughs> At least. Confirmed. We, Prince we don't is know. my idol did not make the cut um, yeah, because yeah. I don't know if that person still listens at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, if one-sixth of our listeners like Prince mm-hmm. and one-third of our podcasters like Prince and 50% of labor <laughs> <laughs> likes Prince, I mean, those are some pretty good odds. Well, I think that... <laughs> If only one-sixth of our listenership likes Prince, then I feel disappointed in our listenership. Now, mm. there's a difference between liking Prince. I think Ski and I like Prince, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say that, like, we know his catalog like you do. Mm. Like, uh, I don't think I know any catalog like he does. Well, <laughs> probably not, except for I maybe the I can sing a lot of songs, but catalog. I... Oh, well, see, I was thinking the <laughs> 1980s J.C. Penney catalog. <laughs> <laughs> the service merchandise yeah. catalog. Yeah, yeah, where you could flip through to get to the underwear section. Exactly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Matronly, right? <laughs> Matronly. <laughs> There's that laughter. That, uh... That's what we pay him for. Exactly. <laughs> so that's the only new uh, interactions that I had, okay. you know, since we last got together. Yeah. 
Um, but I do have a, a little gift that Sherry bought for the three of us. Okay. Um, oh, nice. Uh, little stickers. They say uh, stay golden, have oh, very cute nice. little versions of the Golden Girls. That is really nice. cool. Yeah. Um, I'm to tell her thank you. Nice. The Blanche looks a little saddle sore, so that's on brand. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the Sophia's a little tall, um, comparatively speaking. Mm-hmm. But uh, she's not taller than anybody else, but she's not as much shorter as everyone else <laughs> as she is in the show. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a really cute picture, and, and yeah, I'll uh, very nice. keep an eye out on our social media things. I'll, I'll have a picture of this posted by the time this episode goes up. Nice. Very cool. When cool. does this one drop? This one will be dropping on December the 7th, I believe. Okay. Or December 6th. December, December 6th. 6th. Yep. Cool. Um, so yeah, so Thanksgiving's in the past, and you know, just a couple weeks till Christmas. So, yeah. Well, a few weeks till Christmas. Yeah. And then I had one other. Uh, I, I, this borderlines on kind of a big announcement. Oh yeah. Ish. Um, ish. But you know, Brent for so long has been you know looking to wet his beak with this <laughs> podcast, and it's just been as dry as a bone. But <laughs> for the first time, we actually had a uh, a publisher actually send really? us a book. Really? Um, to see if we would like to review. Yeah. It is uh, what? Betty White, 100 Moments, uh, Remarkable, 100 Remarkable Moments in an Extraordinary Life. Yeah. And this actually doesn't even come out until, this will come out a day after this podcast drops. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. Um, so I'm going, we're going to pass this around and. Uh, She's looking hot on that cover. Am I right, guys? <laughs> you get it last. <laughs> <laughs> Man, he opened with Matronly. Right. And that. <laughs> This is going to be a good one, guys. Right, yeah. <laughs> so for the first time, our podcast actually received nice. some form some of... swag. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, Very nice. So well, thank figured, you to... Who, did it, what, what publisher was it? Can Hooten you say? Mifflin. Uh, what's that? Hooten Mifflin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we'll go over that. We're going to do a review. The thing that'll be a little funny is that... Um, this will probably put the review before this. I, I sent the okay. guy a message who, yeah, yeah. who sent it, and I said, hey, well, we're happy to do a review for the yeah, book, yeah. and when do you want us to drop it? Because the book, like I said, it yeah. comes out on the 7th, but yeah. he might want it a little sooner yeah, yeah. than mm-hmm. – and, and obviously we can't do a review right now because yeah. we haven't read it. So I figure we'll do a review kind of a little separately, but just tack it on to a mm-hmm. prior episode from this, yeah, um, yeah. more than likely or possibly to this episode. But it's going to seem a little odd that we're like, hey, here's a review on this book. And then an episode later, guess what? We got a book in the mail. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But uh, but yeah, I thought that was pretty exciting. Um, So I figured I'll pass it off to Brent first and we get together here again soon. And, you know, like I said. You'll have, by the time you're hearing this, you may have already heard the review or maybe coming right after this episode's over, um, just depending on on what works best for for our benefactor. Yeah. Um. Uh, I mean, to speed up time, though, I mean, we could always just sort of, you know, read it together and then then review it right then and there. Oh, like like just read it on the podcast as we pass it back and forth? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, um, you take the nouns, Skeet takes the verbs, I'll, I'll take the gerunds. <laughs> so, well, I'm looking what are the to... prepositions? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have already. Where will we put those? <laughs> I've already glanced through it, um, but, okay. I, but I haven't read through it yet at this okay. point. Um, but like I said, by the time you're hearing this, uh, we, yeah. we will have all thoroughly uh, cool. inspected it. And, nice. And it'll be an honest review. If we think it's good, then we'll say it's good. And if we're not sold on it, then we'll be honest about that, too. Do you think you'll be finished with yours by Friday when I see you again? Yeah, yeah, certainly. Okay, yeah. I can crack through it this weekend and then get it to ski next week or whenever. Okay. Yeah, we'll figure all that out. That that behind-the-scenes minutiae, that's not what you're here for. You're here for the Golden Girls. And the Prince. Yes, and the Prince. (laughs) Less the Prince than the Golden Girls, I'd assume. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'd say also the crazy. Yeah, maybe a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was funny. And and words like matronly. <laughs> that's just a that's just a solid word usage right there. And gerund. Yeah, she did. He broke out gerund. Yeah, it was funny. Ski's Before wife. this episode's over, I'm going to discuss the foil method. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. Do you still remember how to foil? Yeah. <laughs> Good man. What can we discuss? Like, because I'm more of the accounting side. Can we discuss like FIFO and things like that? Like first in, first out, last in. We're going to be discussing monthly compound interest in this oh, episode. Okay. So <laughs> don't worry. So per- I'll have my time to shine. Exactly. <laughs> you guys remember Pert, right? Uh, the shampoo. Well, there's that. But P to the E R T. I don't know what that yeah, is. Yeah, I'm not sure what you're talking about either, but it just sounds like you're really P. into pert shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> like it gives me the it's for compound yeah. interest. <laughs> it's compound interest. Oh, P okay. is like product, and then raised to E. Oh, no, maybe times E raised to the RT, which is sure rate and time. Mm. Yeah, it is principal. Sorry. Okay. What, what did I say? Product. Oh, well. Like a hair product? <laughs> like a <I'd> pert? <laughs> <laughs> so principal is, and then the E is what? E, the letter E, the number. The number. What does the E represent? I think it's like 1.74 or something. Or, no, no. <laughs> It's it's a it's do you not know e. I mean, I it's don't like remember. It's like pi. <laughs> so pi is like a a constant, like it's it's a number, right? Okay. Well, e is also a number. Okay. It's it, I forget how it's derived, okay. but it's it's um, used pr- primarily like with the natural log and stuff like that. Okay. okay. <laughs> well. Makes for. Stimulating conversation. Uh, (laughs) Well, I mean, it's great when it just sounds so random. (laughs) It's the letter E. (laughs) Fifth letter of the alphabet, you son of a bitch. And it's the first vowel after A. Exactly. (laughs) Don't you know? (laughs) Anyways, uh, so yeah, so today we'll be doing a recap. I I think that's covered all of our foolishness um, again. He's got the Google out, so there may be some more foolishness to come. (laughs) The foolishness of facts. Exactly. (laughs) E is equal to 2.71828 blah, blah, blah. Mm, You were way off. You were over a one off from that. I was way off. I couldn't remember correctly. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it deals with natural logarithms and stuff like that. And they use it cons- er, a lot with the uh, compound of interest and such. Well, it is such an interesting topic. Perhaps I'll do that for the next <laughs> deep dive. <laughs> you could. You could. So, but you'll have to wait till next episode to see what happens with that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Something so. to chew on there, you know? So. <laughs> Something to bring the listeners back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, certainly so. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, at this point, I think we're ready to kick off the episode. But I, I will go ahead and say, even though I know you'll repeat me in a moment, uh, mm-hmm. season four, episode 18, uh, Fiddler on the Ropes is today's episode. It is. And it with is that, indeed. I'll turn it over to <coughs> for, for all the details. All right. So, yeah. Um, so this episode was directed by Terry Hughes. Um, we're going to see him again in season four, episode 19, uh, Till Death Do We Volley. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? Yeah. It's, it's nice to know that he's not finished his run yet. <laughs> exactly. He'll be rearing his ugly head again here soon. Uh, this one was written by uh, Kathy Spear and Terry Grossman. Um, Good think, combo. Yeah. We've learned. I think we spent enough time on their filmography. So I'm just going to tell you that Kathy Spear and Terry Grossman 
is an anagram for try a germane shyster's pork. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That'll make it so much easier to remember. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You don't get that kind of content on those other podcasts. Oh, yeah. That's what I, I was about to say that, that <clears throat> um, Nicole, Ski's wife, uh-huh. had sent us a message, uh, he and I a message, saying, like, oh, it looks like you have some competition with the picture of another Golden Girls podcast. I think it's one you do already talked about before. Well, yeah, it? well, mm-hmm. I mean, I've definitely talked to you guys about it, and I was like, yeah, there's like five active Golden Girls podcasts. Mm-hmm. There's a couple that have finished the run and like seven defunct ones. Mm-hmm. There's a plenty <laughs> yeah. of... Uh, I was like, that's why I think the next time around we might do something not quite so specific mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if we do another podcast after this. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, we have plenty of competition, but mm-hmm. I, I think we have our own little niche. Mm-hmm. So. And we also certainly have the best listeners. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I'd like to do an entire season just about adult education. Oh, really? You know, <laughs> really? just take it line by line. We're going to get to the bottom and crack that case. So how many episodes do you think this would, would be? Oh, I'd say there's probably... <laughs> he just wanted to say E again. <laughs> the fifth letter of the alphabet. Like it's also number lines in an episode. Okay, so each episode would be one line. From yeah, this, yeah, yeah. So uh, we'd have two hundred more episodes wow. of this podcast. How, how long do you think each episode would last if we were doing one line? About an hour. About an hour. Yeah. Well, so what would we call it? Because you know, there's the uh, Netflix series uh, "Making a Murderer." Mm-hmm. So what do we call this? Don't uh, <laughs> miss education. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I because I, I would say making a pedophile, but you know, Blanche isn't a child, so mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's not a criminal, right? Um, but it, it is still an appropriate behavior. I don't uh, believe that it is. Uh, well, and I got 50 minutes of me <laughs> backing myself up. <laughs> I want to revisit that one. Listen, Just make sure you log in from Hawaii so right. we get credit. Oh, you know what? I um, Yeah, I think I made a mistake last time. I think I said that our listener was from Hawaii or from Alaska. Uh-huh. Our, our new listener was from Hawaii. And uh, so Alaska. So if you're going to Alaska, listen mm. there because <gasps> that's the last state we actually that's need. That's the one we need. So, yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, I mean, it's still just the one listen from Hawaii. So by all means, listen wherever you happen to be. But <laughs> yeah. if you're heading up to Anchorage, you know, mm-hmm. to the Iditarod, whatever you're planning mm-hmm. to do. Spending some time in Juneau. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just pop on an episode for, yeah. you know, 15 minutes, however long it takes to yeah. count it. And then. Uh, yeah. What's the third city? There's like a third one, isn't there? Um, let's see. A lot, there's like so, Juneau and uh, Anchorage and. Isn't there another one? Oh, there's a bunch of other cities up there, but I can't yeah, think yeah. off the top of my head. I, I, it's not coming to me, whatever their other major cities are. Yeah. Is Anchorage the capital? Yes, I believe No, so. I think no. Juneau is. Yeah, I think you're right. Anchorage is, I think, the biggest city, but Juneau is the capital. Walla Walla? Is that I think the place? that's Washington, isn't it? Oh. Yeah, well, there may be a And I don't even Walla know if Walla Walla, Walla Washington is a real city mm. or if it's just something that was used in a lot of comedy yeah. <laughs> routines. So. I think there's a Yahoo Nebraska, because mm. that's okay. where Letterman's top 10 list home office was for oh, a while. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, very nice. But mm-hmm. anyway, and, and certainly uh, if you're in Nebraska, we could use a bump there as well. But exactly, we're a rail. But but Alaska is really what we're looking. Did you say a rail? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we really want to get a, a good Nebraska high. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, anyways, uh, this episode uh, dropped on March fourth, nineteen eighty nine. Uh, so John Candy, he died on March 4th, 1994, and he was buried not too far from the Del Rubio triplets, or at least two Del Rubios and a Boyd. Right. So other notable events on March 4th include, um, in 1933, Franklin Delano Roosevelt becomes the 32nd president of the United States, and he was the last president to be inaugurated on March 4th. 
I was just about to ask, like March 4th, I didn't realize that they did inaugurations that late in the year, although I guess in the past it probably took a lot longer to count up the votes. And for people to travel cross-country to get there and everything. So um, on that same day, Frank used some of that Big Delanor energy to appoint Francis Mm -hmm. Perkins as the (laughs) Secretary of Labor. I really thought you'd spit that out. That was close. It was a close call. I had just (laughs) taken a drink, and then Brent (laughs) talked about his big Franklin D energy. (laughs) Some of that Big Delanor energy (laughs) to appoint Francis Perkins as the Secretary of Labor. Uh, She became the first female member of the United States Cabinet. Very nice. Admittedly, it's for labor, so it's like, you know, birth and babies, so of course she gets it. <laughs> so, uh, 19 very matronly. Another <laughs> another white man cheated out of a job, am I right, guys? Exactly. So, uh, in 1953, Emilio Estefan was born. He's Gloria Estefan's husband, the drummer for the Miami Sound Machine, and the first of three Cubans we'll be discussing this week. I would not have guessed that Gloria Estefan's name would have been a married name. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, normally, performers don't tend to take uh, the mm-hmm. the names of their spouses. So yeah. depends on if they became famous first or not. Yeah, right. yeah. And I think they were married well before she became a, a thing. Oh, okay. Like I thought, I think they got married in like the early seventies, maybe. Mm. And then so. she didn't really hit it big until the early eighties or yeah, late seventies, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, in 1954, Catherine O'Hara was born. Oh, that's a national treasure of Canada. Exactly. I think going forward, we're going to probably spend about nine months out of the year loving her work on Schitt's Creek. And then the remainder of the year will be spent either marveling at her singing voices, Sally, in Nightmare Before Christmas, or wondering how she could be such a piss-poor mother to Kevin McAllister in those Home Alone <laughs> movies. There's a new, did you see that new Lego set for the Home yeah. Alone house? I mean, that is impressive. Yeah, I'm not, like, I like the movie fine, but it's not like one of my top two or three christmas movies um but this the lego set was impressive yeah so yeah um we're not going to discuss it this week okay um but since you mention it um there is a um uh at some point sophia says she's dancing as fast as she can oh okay and there's actually a movie called i'm dancing as fast as i can Mm. and i can't remember who the lady is who stars in it, whatever, but uh, Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci are both in it oh, really? as well. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It was about 10 years or so before, you know, the Home Alone movie. I was like, oh, so those two knew each other. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if the, the casting director, the director, whoever, whoever cast them um, in that, was like, they had really good chemistry in this movie. I think they're going to be exactly. my villains. <laughs> Remember that movie about that pill-popping middle-aged lady? Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's a direct step over, really. Exactly. <laughs> But now they're kind of typecast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, can you guys um, do bumbling? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were asking us at first, and then I realized you were taking the role of the mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, the casting, casting yeah. director. Yeah. I don't know that they were bumbling in the first movie. Home Alone? No, the the movie that they no, were no, no, oh, that's okay. what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. After the fact, like, can you guys oh. do bumbling? Like, yeah, we think gotcha. you two be great based on your prior work. Gotcha. <laughs> can you gotcha. play bumbling also? <laughs> <laughs> can you add bumbling to your repertoire? <laughs> exactly. Do you think they've made like, like the subsequent Stooges who are auditioning? I mean, do you think they made them like? How can you take a slapper? You know, <laughs> as part of the uh, can, paint can to the face. So. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there'd have to be some, you know, like, how well do you roll with this? Yeah, um, yeah. Because, you know, I'm sure that not every one of those slaps was, uh, you know, mm-hmm. 
legit. You know, yeah. I would imagine there had to be some pseudo stunt work with it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you yeah. know, at least learning, kind of like how wrestlers well, do. Well, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, like you said, it almost because it was so much physical comedy. Mm-hmm. I'm sure to a degree they did have probably stunt doubles or something, mm-hmm. but there was probably quite a bit they had to be right there with it. Yeah, well, I don't know if they had stunt doubles yeah, per se. I, I just I think they think probably so. had to be trained on, you know, when someone smacks you, how to take the smack and make it look realistic, mm-hmm. but not take the full force of it. Yeah, um, how to make it comedic and not abusive. right. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, like, a, that's a line that the Golden Girls sometimes <laughs> have trouble with when it, it comes to Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see that Laurel and Hardy movie that came out a few years back? With John C. Riley and Steve Coogan. No, I don't think I did. Um, I feel like I remember seeing the ads for it. And I, I like John C. Riley in general, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's a show that he does on Adult Swim sometimes, and I can't remember the name of it. Um, but gosh, Sherry hates it so bad. And she, <laughs> yeah. she, she, we were watching like it had come on. Isn't he like a doctor or yeah, something? Like some I've not seen a, it. Some sort of a doctor um, mm-hmm. who does like interviews with people. Um, but it's real low video quality looking. Like. Yeah, and and we were watching it, and she's like. This completely takes me out of any sexual mood I would ever be in. Not ever, <laughs> but like whatever. Mm-hmm. If she was in even an inkling of a sexual mood mm-hmm. when the show came on, it completely, you know, mm-hmm. obliterated it. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. But I was like, well, we're already in. In for a penny, in for a pound. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Might as well finish the episode. Exactly. <laughs> I saw somebody the other day who um, was referring to uh, like their wife's level of interest. And basically, they were saying, like, we use the uh, Buffalo Wild Wings flavor chart. Okay. And, and he's like, you know, on a good day, I can get her up to a spicy mustard. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. But it didn't sound like she, he was, she was ever getting that, like, habanero fire range. Or yeah, usually, it's ranch. <laughs> exactly. 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 Was, you know what they got now is dry rubs. <laughs> <laughs> you beat me to the joke. Oh, sorry. No, well done. It's, it's yeah. a difficult to be Brent to one of those. <laughs> I, I didn't. Was, I didn't I know was, if you were going that direction. No, I was so. trying to get there. <laughs> so the original poster did not get there. I, I felt. I felt less of them for. Yeah, that. that was definitely an opportunity missed by them, but not by you two. So, yeah, or Ski, Ski gets credit because right. he's the one who actually vocalized it. So, <laughs> so anywho, March fourth, nineteen eighty nine. Um, so, anyways, on March fourth, uh, erstwhile Lemonhead Evan Dando was born in nineteen sixty seven. I'd give you some knowledge about Evan Dando, but Ben Lee already said it best in his song, I Wish I Was Him. <laughs> He's got six different flannel shirts, air walks, not thongs. He even understands the words to pavement songs. He's got new guitar toys. He loves Smudge and the Beastie Boys. Oh, okay. I Wish I Was Him. <laughs> <laughs> so that pretty much covers everything you need to know about Evan Dando? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I'd say so. It's probably more than I ever wanted to know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in 1986, Richard Manuel of the band died. I don't want to talk about that. I just want to say his death was a damn shame and that The Last Waltz is my all-time favorite movie. I'd tell you that in 1999, the father of modern improvisational comedy, Del Close, died. But you'd just say, yes, and they buried him nowhere near the Del Rubio triplets. <laughs> we would say that. Yeah, what else is there to say? <laughs> <laughs> what other comment could be expected? <laughs> it was the yes and part that I thought you would laugh at. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I thought we'd get the chuckle oh, from right. you. <laughs> <laughs> Then in 2019, Krusty the Clown's half-brother, Luke Perry, died. Mm. Uh, he was buried in an eco-friendly mushroom suit, and apparently this removes the toxins from the body while allowing it to slowly decompose into the earth. And so it's my new preferred method of burial. So yeah, hat I, tip to Luke Perry. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. Like, I mean, I, I've thought about... 
whatever way is the cheapest, easiest, and most ecologically friendly, you yeah. know, at least the best overall combo of the three. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much it costs to get wrapped in the seaweed and stuck in the ground or whatever mm-hmm. it was, yeah. whatever it is they put you in. The mushrooms. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like that would have to be more expensive than just uh, incinerating somebody, mm-hmm. but it certainly would be you know, better for the environment. Exactly. So. And your petunias in the spring are going to yeah. be lovely. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> well, only if you get buried in someone's yard. <laughs> so exactly. I doubt they do it like in your backyard. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. I know previously I'd always, um, you know, just plan to dance on your grave. Oh, yeah. But if you go this route, I'll piss on it too. Oh, <laughs> to awesome. help the flowers grow. Right. Yeah. Not, not, <laughs> not, not a as spite. a slight to me. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> almost as a tribute. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> this is what he would have wanted. Exactly. He was an environmentalist. You know, <laughs> yeah, I should be more of an environmentalist. Um, mm-hmm. But if you pissed on my grave, help somebody. <laughs> By all means. Uh-huh. So. What do you think the odds are that they'll uh, bury us like the Del Rubio triplets? Like you mean three, like the three of us, like in like graves next to one another? <laughs> uh, man, telling our next of kid, I'm sorry, but you can't spend eternity next to this. Right. <laughs> this podcasting legend <laughs> i mean because you'd have to assume that for that to be the case we would have to make a life out of this right like some sort of uh, you know a living off of this and uh-huh. right now we've got a book uh-huh. and that is our entirety of our uh, <laughs> proceeds after a year and a half custody of yeah exactly we have a third of a book each <laughs> it's a fine book don't get me yeah, wrong yeah it's but, high quality from what i can see yeah. i've not touched it yet but <laughs> If you play your cards right, though, you'll get your third. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, maybe that's how we could do the review. You could do the first third of the book. <laughs> Ski would do the middle third, and I'll do the final third of the book. Okay. No, I want the middle third because that has the golden girl exactly. section. <laughs> exactly. I'll take this part that deals with the depression. And- <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, oh, the drug-addled yeah. 90s. Yeah, I don't know. We'd have to get... We'd have to become like podcasting kings, I feel like, for us to for it to be like, oh, these three, they're just so associated with each other. Mm-hmm. That's who the public knows yeah, is exactly. you know, these three. Um, Either that or all of our wives just disown us and like, I don't know who we should put them next to. I guess Alan and Brent. Yeah, I don't know. I would say the best possibility for that. I don't want that, his dumb body next to mine. Right. Um, <laughs> I'd say the best possibility is also probably the most unlikely, and that would be that if all three of us outlived our spouses mm-hmm. and all of our spouses chose to get cremated, you know, to where there was nowhere for our body to go next to our spouses. Mm-hmm. And then we had, you know, continued this podcasting for 30 years um, <laughs> from now. Then maybe. Then what maybe do you think it'll be called by that time? Uh, well, I, we talked about different names for it, but I don't think it'd be Golden Girls based. No, I mean podcasting. What, what, oh. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure by that time podcasting will be a newly irrelevant form of media. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be on to some other kind of a thing. Yeah. So. It'll be like brain casting or something like that, or mm-hmm. we'd have to be piped right into somebody's consciousness. I want to download it. It mm-hmm. takes like five seconds. Right. Oh, yeah, that was a good episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the matrix of podcasting. <laughs> but that would feel, do you feel like that'd be really unsatisfying as a, a five second experience? From experience, I know it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Helena does, but uh, but no, I just mean like if you're the person who's creating the content, mm-hmm. and then the person consumes it mm-hmm. that quickly, like we spend you know an hour or more here recording mm-hmm. an episode, and then you know whatever time preparing and yeah. you know before and after, 
and then the person who who gets to enjoy it mm-hmm. um, i put air quotes there for yeah. our listeners yeah. um that they consume it in five seconds around the word listeners <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well <laughs> listener yeah uh, no, we have it we have a yeah, fair number we have 12, 12 MVPs, yeah, exactly. and then a whole bunch of you yeah, know yeah. of all the rest but yeah. villain anyway um but yeah, I mean, I guess it just depends. We're gonna have to measure their afterglow. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, maybe it takes them five seconds to consume it or whatever. But mm-hmm. if they're still chuckling three days later, yeah, well, that's a job well done. Yeah, fair enough. And imagine how much more productive they could be during the other times they weren't listening to the full hour. Exactly, <laughs> they could be operating heavy machinery yeah, or something, or, or maybe you know, doing brain surgery. Who knows? Exactly. I mean, I think they were probably have high intellect listeners. So. <laughs> I like to think so. So. I think based on some of our comments, I think some of our listeners certainly are. But mm-hmm. Yes. I have no doubt that the vast majority are smarter than me. So. I don't know. You're pretty smart. Um, but, yeah, I'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll say that that may be true, but I would still say that you and Ski are smarter than me, so that means an even <laughs> higher percentage Whatever. of our listeners. But I'm not saying – I'm not mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm – you know, a dullard, and you uh-huh. two are geniuses. I'm just saying that if we took tests, I would probably come in a couple points below you two. Okay. <laughs> so. But I mean, do you think that the listener enjoys this podcast as much as we do? I I would say that the listener probably enjoys listening to the podcast less than we enjoy making the podcast, okay. but more than we enjoy preparing for or. <laughs> Pre- uh, or preparing the finished product. Gotcha. So I would say that the sweet spot for us is here in the room recording <laughs> yeah. the time before and after. Mm-hmm. I, I would hope that the listener is enjoying that more <laughs> <laughs> than we are because I don't think any of us really relish that. Even though we like watching the episodes, it's a big difference watching an episode and, pre- you know, mm-hmm. just to a see mind's it. worth preparing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus just, yeah, you yeah. know, being in the pocket and enjoying it. Exactly. So. Like, as far as I'm concerned, like, I got the next two weeks off. Right. Like, I get to watch an episode a few times and, you know, organize my thoughts and everything, but I don't have to put, you know, quill to paper. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. anyways, but <coughs> I, I don't know if you skipped over this line or not, but I wanted to mention. I've not said a single <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's not I, even. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're at Act 1, Scene 1. Uh, Blanche enters the kitchen, asks the Goldens if she's competent. Rose says she's says that she's damn near spectacular uh there's a bit of jealousy in rose's voice and we suspect that when it comes to pleasing her gentleman callers she's a silent killer (laughs) Uh, blanche says she's referring to her job and that she thinks her boss is constantly looking over her shoulder because he feels she's incompetent uh blanche wishes she'd finished her studies with professor cooper so she'd have proof that she's qualified for that position (laughs) Uh, the goldens discuss their reason for not retiring uh presumably hiring coco the chef marguerite the housekeeper and toshiro the japanese gardener put a dent in her nest egg potentially yeah you would think a house that has four roommates there that Mm -hmm. you know they all seem to work Mm part-time or less (laughs) they would be able to handle most their household responsibility you know mm-hmm. like the household uh chores and whatnot exactly. and granted some of the gardening stuff you could be like okay well perhaps for some of it you'd have to hire a person to come in yeah if you're hauling mulch or something right yeah but for the normal like you wouldn't have one on retainer mm-hmm. <laughs> well, exactly. some communities have like a gardener on i don't on... think Tashiro was the community gardener mm-hmm. i mean he i no. think he was a you know a maybe freelancer. Been... exactly yeah, yeah. what did you say brent he's a freelancer freelancer mm-hmm. So, anywho, uh, Rose says retirement isn't for her. Uh, she's afraid her mind would go soft. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, if what we've heard about Charlie is true, it's not retirement that'll ruin Rose's mind. It's the 40 years she spent being too close to the headboard. <laughs> uh, so Dorothy explains that their decision to purchase a certificate of deposit is the wisest decision they could make. Uh, her math checks out. A $3,000 CD purchased in March of 1989 with an assumption of an 8% rate of return and a monthly compounding interest. That CD would be worth approximately 44000 at the time of this recording. Mm. If they did cash it out in 2021, uh, they'd have the buying power necessary to purchase close to 4,100 loins of pork. Wow. Ooh, that's a lot of pork. <laughs> that's assuming uh, $9.95 cents pound. <laughs> now, now, were you assuming, though, that the loins of pork would not have uh, increased in cost since then? Well, that's... Um, Current rate, okay. Rate so, for so that's support. Yeah. okay. They'd have the buying power to purchase that amount. Yeah. Because I didn't know if you were going off <laughs> of that or what they paid for it back in 1987. Because no. I remember we we balked at the price then. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, man, that seems a little pricey. Mm-hmm. But that did. So, anywho, uh, so Rose then confesses that she didn't purchase the CD like she'd said she would. She tasks Sophia with that. Mm-hmm. Right on cue, Sophia enters the room. And announces that she used their $3,000 to buy a Cuban prize fighter named Kid Pepe. All right. Pepe has a fight the next weekend, and the Golden should net $5,000 for their troubles. If you're keeping track, this is the second Cuban we've referenced this episode. <laughs> it's announced that Sophia will bunk with Dorothy and that Pepe will take her room. A boxer cannot make love before a match, so Rose's or Blanche's room is out. And also, <laughs> they don't want Pepe to die, so Rose's bed is also off limits. <laughs> that seems fair. Sound logic. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. All the bases are covered. Yeah. And that ends Act 1. If you got some lines you'd like to interject. Well, you hit the one that, that I like the most. Uh, that may have been my favorite line of the episode. Um, when, when Damn near spectacular. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was really, really great. That was pretty good, yes. Um, the full line, in case anybody didn't watch this one recently, but... Uh, I'd like to think they did, though. I would think so, um, but you never know. Um, but she said, based on the sounds from your bedroom, I'd bet you're damn near spectacular mm-hmm. at what she yeah. does. Um, but there was another one where... Rose isn't allowed to bet, though, anymore, is she? <laughs> right, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there was another one where uh, Dorothy was referring to Stan's uh, uh, accounting acumen. Yeah, um, yeah that was also a really good line. Yeah, she said the man used to have to get naked to count to 21, yeah. which I thought was funny. It was... that. The line was kind of itself gen- was funny. What's that? I was going to say, I thought it was generous. I figured she would have went with 20 and a half. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought that the line itself was good, but the recognition on the faces of, uh, I, I think specifically Rose's face when mm-hmm. she was doing the math and figuring mm-hmm. it up yeah. was, was probably the best part of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know that there was any other uh, any others that I specifically noticed from that opening Those scene. Those were my two favorites as well. Mm-hmm. So. They're good ones. Solid start. Yeah. So, uh, since we've ended Act 1, I'd like to go ahead and talk, uh, do our first Max's Condition Kibitz. Okay. Fire away. Is this going to have another Cuban on it? It is. Uh, Nice. It is. uh, Our third and final Cuban we're going to mention this week, and I'm referring, of course, to the Cuban sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) So. uh, I set you up, didn't I? You did. (laughs) You did. So, because you know me, and you know that I love, love, love a good Cuban sandwich. (laughs) And if I find myself in an unfamiliar restaurant and I don't know what to order, I'll always go with the Cuban if that's an option. Oh, yeah. It's a delicious sandwich that's hard to mess up. Uh, So for those that don't know what a Cuban sandwich includes, let me explain. Okay. It's ham, roasted pork, salami, Swiss (laughs) cheese, pickles, and mustard, and served on Cuban bread. I don't know about your hard salami. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, those who have quit listening to the episode, um, you know. (laughs) know. But um, 
You know, I mentioned salami in that list of ingredients, and I feel that this is an essential component to the Cuban. Oh, okay. And I don't tolerate those who feel that salami should be omitted. I also don't cotton to those who say that lettuce, tomato, or mayonnaise should be added to the Cuban. Mm. So back in the 1890s, the <laughs> production of cigars was really taking off in Florida. Okay. okay. And so because cigars could be made by anyone with the skills, it was a popular occupation for immigrants. Now, Tampa was already a melting pot of cultures in the 1890s, and those workers all contributed something to the sandwiches they'd have on their lunch breaks. The Spanish brought the ham, the Cubans the roasted pork, the Sicilians the Genoa salami, and the Germans contributed the Swiss cheese, the pickles, and the mustard. Now, in other parts of Florida, like Miami, there mm-hmm. wasn't as large of a population of Italians. Okay. And so those folks don't include salami on their Cuban sandwiches. Ah. But I'd like to think the Goldens, because their population is 50% Sicilian, would include salami mm. on their Cubans. Yeah, seems fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the, oh. oh, no, you go ahead. Is there more about the Cuban sandwich? Yes, yes, oh, Okay, is. go ahead. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll save my questions till the end. Got another two pages. <laughs> <laughs> and then another half page of episode for Acts 2 and exactly. 3. <laughs> so the Columbia restaurant in Tampa has been making Cubans since 1905, mm-hmm. and they're considered to be the first restaurant to sell them to the general public. Really? And they include salami on theirs, so that should settle the argument. Yeah, that kind of just the definitive, right? Exactly. Do you feel like so, it's a hotly debated argument? Um, do you find a lot of people who, you know, really die on that hill? I do. I, I mean, I know you say no hill's too small to die on. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> so, so the Columbia's um, uh, still using their same recipe from 1905. And I've had 1905? Yep. And I've had one of their Cubans, and I can Oh, really? So you've actually been there and had it from mm-hmm. the original uh, yeah, restaurant the, location? Yep, and wow. they use the original recipe and everything. And what city um, you say it was in Tampa? Yeah, yep. Um, they have um, a second restaurant uh, that uses the same recipe in St. Augustine, okay. and that's the location I went to. Oh, wow. It's um, not nearly as impressive now. Oh, it is. <laughs> it is. But anyways... So I Listen, if I go to the Nathan Famous in Kroger, it's not the same as if I go to the one in Coney Island. <laughs> so. Hey, so, so the one I went to didn't open in 1905, but it opened in like 1920-something. Okay, well, at least it's still an old restaurant. Yeah, it's very it's storied at, still. It's, yeah. it's in the historic district of St. Augustine. Um, it's one of the fanciest places I've ever taken my wife to. Oh, so, really? Yeah, yeah. Like, they've got, like, it's one of those places that it's like, and this is where George Clooney sits, and this is where Stephen oh, King okay. sits, and, you oh, wow. know, it's where people go. So uh, we had a date night there. Anywho, so the original recipe um, that they use, so the ratio of meats and cheeses to bread and condiments, it's definitely like an old-timey sandwich because oh, I'm okay. used to have a more robust <laughs> mixture <laughs> of proteins. Like, oh, okay. So it's a little thin on the on their... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, it's still a delicious sandwich, mm-hmm. but it's a little underwhelming when you first see it. You're like, oh, okay. oh, I can get twice a sandwich at Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> they have the meats. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But anyways, if you're in the Indianapolis area and you're looking for a truly delicious Cuban, mm-hmm. you're currently out of luck. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> the mug located in the Irvington area used to have the best Cuban in the city, but they've closed down. In the mug's second location in Greenfield, uh, they consider the Cuban to be a seasonal sandwich mm. because oh. they slaughter their pigs fresh for it. Oh, wow. And pigs have a season. You yeah. know. Now, there's a place Pig called... season. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a place called Little Havana in Broad Ripple, okay. okay, and they do make a decent Cuban. Unfortunately, they don't use salami, and so I cannot offer oh. my full endorsement. Man, fair enough. 
Doesn't Denny's have a QB? A QB? <laughs> <laughs> a Cuban? <laughs> I think so, yeah. yeah. We have plenty of Denny's in town, right? <laughs> I think I've actually been with you at a Denny's when you've ordered a Cuban in the past. It's a good sandwich. <laughs> it's a really good sandwich. I, I'm just saying I, I give credence to your claims. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, Anywho, anything else on the Cuban? Are you ready for Act 2? Um, I think... How did it get the name Cuban if it was a, uh, a combination of so many different uh, cultures that made it? Because they were making Cuban cigars. Oh, okay. The tobacco that they were actually working with came from Cuba. Okay. The cigars were just being assembled huh. there. So it was it was Almost assembled by a multinational by um, crew, mm-hmm. but they were Cuban cigars. They were exactly. Making. Fair yes, enough. Exactly. Okay. Yep. yep. So, um, yeah. And there were, there were Cubans assembling it, too the sandwiches as well as the cigars and stuff as well. okay so everybody was contributing the meats but it was the cubans that were the ones actually assembling the sandwiches i don't know the division of labor oh okay. <laughs> I'm just saying that beyond adding like contributing the roasted pork to mm-hmm. the recipe and it was cuban bread oh okay. so that's probably what it was it was like the, the cuban workers like well we've got this pork and bread we're gonna make sandwiches and then someone was like hey well, i'm gonna bring some you stuff. some pickles for my homeland and someone else <laughs> right. is like i got some swiss cheese i can contribute and one thing led to another, and it was a big melting pot. <laughs> but the Cubans took the credit. They did. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Sounds fair. Whatever, yeah. Okay. Well, this, between the cigars and two, you know, two portions of the, mm-hmm. uh, probably the two, yeah. I don't know if it would be the two most important, but yeah. combination-wise, it's the most yeah. important aspect of it. There's, um, I've not had this one, but apparently you can also get it, the same stuff, but instead of like on the Cuban bread, it's on more of like a Hawaiian roll oh, type okay. thing. So it's a little bit smaller and a little bit sweeter. Mm-hmm. And that's called like a midnight Cuban. Oh, Because huh. it's like a smaller portion for after you've been dancing the night away <laughs> to the yeah, Emilio Estefan <laughs> <laughs> and his old lady. <laughs> so is that on your bucket list of food items? To that, try one? Yeah. No. I mean, oh. I can, I'm sure I can make one. Elena oh, okay. makes a good like uh, slider type thing like with Hawaiian rolls or whatever mm. like she slices that some bitch across all the way and then layers the meats and the cheeses and puts the top back on mm. and then melted butter on the top and then bakes it all and then pulls it out and then slices it up oh that does sound pretty serves good serves out you know 24 little sandwiches or whatever wow. yeah sounds yeah. freaking phenomenal yeah, yeah. so anyway she's a good lady she could call it the, the kid pepe she could be. <laughs> She's my kid, Pepe. <laughs> so our second act begins with Dorothy on the phone discussing their predicament and kid, Pepe. Uh, she announces that the contract is valid and that they're within their legal rights to exploit Pepe. Right. Uh, the Goldens learn that the prize purse is doubled if Kid Pepe wins, and that would give them a 13000 profit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they immediately begin working him even harder. Uh, all that Mandingo training is hard work, and so we cut to Sophia and Dorothy in bed. Uh, Dorothy is giving Sophia lip for being risky with her money. Sophia says that a little risk is sometimes necessary. I have no real joke to go along with that sentiment. It's just <laughs> something worth repeating. So Sophia apologizes to Dorothy for putting their nest egg at risk. Um, Dorothy has been Americanized um, and is able to forgive her mother. If she were more Sicilian, that shit wouldn't fly. (laughs) Uh, The Goldens discover that Pepe is gone. Apparently owning a person is more difficult than Blanche led them to believe. They go to an an address they found in Pepe's room. Uh, Once there, they discover Pepe playing the violin. Their initial thought is that the opposition is trying to turn him into a sissy boy, and comments like that are probably why Phil is happier with Big Sally. (laughs) Uh, Pepe announces that he's not the lunkhead they'd assumed. Not only can he box, he can also act. 
He's the Cuban Tony Danza. And speak proficient English versus what uh, they thought before. Yeah, exactly. He's bilingual, much like, you know, we are. Some of us are. Yes. You two both speak a second language, don't you? No. I speak some Spanish. That's what I thought. I'm not, I would not call myself bilingual, but. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I speak enough Spanish that I could, you know, get by with my very basic needs mm-hmm. if I was in, you know, a Spanish-speaking country. Yeah. But There's a portion of time I spoke it pretty often for really? work. Mm. My daughter is learning a uh, sign language, so oh, nice. she's actually learned quite a bit of it. Does that count as being bilingual? Uh, I probably not, because I think you would probably have to know a, a different. Um, I don't think it counts as well. I don't know. It really, I think is it a does. Language. Yeah, yeah, it it might. Yeah. I think it does, especially for college applications and stuff. Yeah, so fair enough. So yeah, maybe by the time she gets to that point, she's in eighth grade now. Um, okay, and maybe by the time she gets to college, then. She'll have learned enough of it that she could consider herself bilingual exactly. on her applications. She's Funny. also learning French as well on her own. Oh, so, yeah. I failed two years of French in high school. Yeah, you, we talked about mm-hmm. that though. But, and, but you, you managed to fail both French one and French two, right? Consecutively. <laughs> yeah, consecutively. That's right. I was able to drop a little French last week or yeah. a week before. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I kind of remember that. Un voyage le mec. So, anyways, Kid Pepe tells the Goldens that he's trying to get into Juilliard on a violin scholarship. And that if playing to their prejudice, this is what he has to do, so be it. Kid Pepe always be hustling. <laughs> um, so Pepe's pianist proposes Pepe's a prodigy. He employs the Goldens to just let Pepe audition and to skip the fight entirely. Sophia declines and the scene ends. Uh, we transition to the Goldens having a late night chat about their predicament. Uh, they wish they'd stuck with the mink farm. Those easily <laughs> slaughtered mammals just don't have advocates. <laughs> Sophia They'll get away as easy. That's right. right. <laughs> Sophia proposes that Pepe doesn't need to win the fight. He just has to make an appearance in the ring. Uh, she states he can just stand there until he gets knocked out. The Goldens head to the auditorium to let Pepe know he's off the hook. He'll just have to take a left hook from Gonzalez. Pepe is almost convinced when Gonzalez starts with the trash talk. The fight starts and immediately ends. Pepe didn't intentionally take a dive, but he did go down quicker than Blanche on an adult education class. <laughs> you wow. can check out season one, episode 20 for more context about that joke. <laughs> so that sort of ends act two. The okay. running joke keeps on running, folks. Yeah. <laughs> on the 20th lap at this point. Right. Yeah. Well, I definitely have some more things to add to that, uh, that particular scene. All right. Um, so good luck. I, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> I believe I covered it all. You did cover it all. I'm not saying that you missed anything as far as like the uh, the story itself that was happening, just that you don't tend to waste a lot of time with uh, great quotes or things of that nature. I don't follow the letter of the script, just the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, there were a handful of really good lines, I thought, that uh, were, were scripts were skipped over by Brent. Um there was one where uh, Blanche noticed uh, his his shorts saying mm-hmm. "Everlast" on it, yeah. and, and you know swooned about that a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. And Dorothy had to remind her that "Everlast" is a brand name, not a nickname. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a part too where uh, Dorothy was on the phone. You know, I think when she was trying to determine what she would need to do, she said, uh, "All we have to do is hire a cup man, and I can probably do that on my way home from da- from the dry cleaner." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is, where do you go to hire a cup man at? <laughs> and then she even comments, "She's like, I assume you go someplace where somebody needs to borrow a jacket." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Ski. Oh no, I was gonna say she said. I think she followed that up with, uh, "It just kind of rolls off the tongue, doesn't it?" <laughs> right. Well, I thought it was funny too. The the. Uh, the instructor, mm-hmm. the the violin instructor, is like, oh, you should just let him not do the fight. Oh, yeah, and but Brent he, said pianist. Yeah. Not pianist. <laughs> <laughs> but he was a violinist, right? No, he was a pianist. Oh, was he a pianist? Pepe was the, a violinist. Yeah, Pepe, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, anyways, but 
Pepe needed the money to go to school anyway. So mm-hmm. even if the Goldens would have been like, yeah, we'll release you from your contract, and he got accepted to the school, he still wouldn't have had the money to go to the right. school that yeah. he needed. Mm-hmm. I mean, he stays, yeah, i got to do this in order to get the money mm-hmm. to do it, although it did sound like the Goldens were definitely planning to screw him out of a large portion of whatever well, he earned. 80% of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I think Blanche even asked if 20% is the standard fee for a – uh, or stand, standard pay for a boxer, mm-hmm. and uh, said if they don't speak English, it is right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Kid Pepe is like, I'm not a boxer, but twenty percent is twenty percent. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, Kill Gonzalez. You did also happen to uh, skip over the fact that when they were around the table discussing things, they did enjoy cheesecake number fifteen. Oh, nice. Yeah, so we're up to fifteen cheesecakes now. I, I think we're actually nearing the end of the cheesecakes. Oh, really? Um, I mean, I, I believe I read did that they switched to a knish. I'm not sure what, no kibitz, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's only something like 20 cheesecakes, hmm. and we're up to 15. Wow. So interesting. Yeah. Um, and I did like that Blanche at one point is talking about that she uh, she once held a man's fate in her hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and then goes on to say that uh, she turned somebody down and that he was so crushed by her rejection that he gave up football and turned gay, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was a, a funny line. So. Mm. But, yeah, so I think that covers the things that I thought you kind of skimmed by. Okay. So did you have uh, anything else one you wanted One last to? one, yeah. Like sure. uh, uh, when they were laying in bed and Dorothy was unable to sleep, and I think what you were kind of referring to earlier, Sophia starts to tell that story about her friend who ended up being like a, a minister to – Golda Meir. Yeah, Golda Meir. Mm-hmm. And, uh, That's all right. And then uh, she said, oh, I just – you know, your father, he told me to always take risks, but I didn't, and to be more uh, gutsy, so I did it for your dad. And then Dorothy just straight up calls her out and says, oh, Mom, that's bull crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, was, that was good. Yeah. And I don't know if, if this was in this scene or if this is in the next one, so I'll just mention it now because it was maybe my second favorite line of the episode. But Rose says something. She replies to something. I don't even remember what she was replying mm-hmm. to, but in her typical you mm-hmm. know, ditzy Rose way. Yeah. And uh, I believe Dorothy says, uh, as a general rule, as a general rule, Rose, you should not be the first to answer. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And she's like, that was really mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyways, so yeah, you can go ahead and, uh, and get us into our third scene now. Uh, before we get to that, though. Oh, we have, do we have uh, a condition cabot? We do. Nice. We do. No more Cubans, though. No, no. We've discussed the three that we're going to this week. Um, I know if it was a surprise. Cuban. We hit Brent's quote. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I lulled you into a false sense of security, and then bam, fourth Cuban. Yeah. So Desi Arnaz was born. On <laughs> oh, no. Um, so we're going to revisit that March 4th date. Um so as far as the Grateful Dead and Fish are concerned, March 4th must be some kind of a holy holiday. Okay. Uh, those kids just don't seem to work. Uh, Fish only performed twice on March 4th, once in 85 and again in 1989 when this episode actually aired. Alas, there was nothing memorable about either of those shows. And in the Grateful Dead's entire history, they only played one concert on March 4th. Wow. And it was a subpar show they did in 1994. Uh, maybe they were just bummed because John Candy had died earlier that day. Uh, Lord knows Jerry probably didn't enjoy seeing an overweight chain smoker pass away too soon. <laughs> um, so I did get lucky, though, um, when I went to see what Prince was up to on March 4th, 1989. Our boy was putting the finishing touches on his soundtrack to Tim Burton's Batman. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So, um, there aren't super detailed records uh, publicly available about what he recorded that night, but it appears to have been a session to work on the following songs. Trust 
Party Man, and Bat Dance. Mm. Now, Trust isn't one that anybody loves, and Bat Dance was Prince's fourth number one hit song, so there's already a lot of available information out there for that one if you give a rat's ass. So we're <laughs> going to just take a moment to appreciate Party Man, which for the record is my favorite song on the Batman soundtrack and probably in the top ten of my favorite Prince songs. So Party High Man, praise. Yeah, yeah. So Party Man's appearance in the film occurs when Jack Nicholson shows up at the art gallery with Bob the Goon and their crew, okay. and then they have themselves a you know grand old time and deface a bit of the art while they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, before they got Prince to do a new soundtrack, they'd slotted his song 1999 for that scene, and it's very easy to imagine 1999 playing in the background. So when Prince came on board, he replaced 1999 with his recently completed Raven to the Joy Fantastic, and then he decided he could do better, and he shelved that gem for another 10 years. Oh, okay. So wow. Party Man, like Bat Dance, you know, had Prince's vocals credited to his Gemini character, who's sort of a half-white, half-black version of the Joker, you know, complete with green hair and a purple suit that Prince probably already owned. <laughs> <laughs> so Prince's original version of the soundtrack, okay, he would sing all of the Joker songs, okay. and then Michael Jackson would sing all of the Batman songs. And I'd like to think Michael is too busy teaching his bodyguard the lyrics to puff the magic track and even probably, contemplate probably. ruining a Prince masterpiece. <laughs> Um, so anyways, the music video for Party Man takes place in that same museum as in the movie. Okay. And then a group of the one percenters are enjoying a bit of the culture, um, you know, when Prince's Gemini character shows up. He gets the party started, and when he sees they've not elevated their party to Hardy, he spikes the water. <laughs> and that really gets the crowd moving, and everybody's dancing the night away and everything. Right. And then at the end of the music video, uh, the entire party crowd, whatever, they're all dead. And then we flash back to Gemini spiking the water, and we realize that it, he wasn't roofing the crowd. He was poisoning them. Wow. And then when the flashback ends, you know, it's just black and white with dead corpses everywhere. <laughs> and then Prince is laughing and escaping into the night, presumably to be captured by Michael Jackson's version of Batman that's never going to show up. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's a cool little music video. Yeah, very nice. I don't think I ever saw it. Oh, yeah. It's really good. You I can go to check it out now. Check that out. Yep. And Party Man's just a great song, mm-hmm. too. So, anywho, any, uh, anything I missed in. The Prince Party Man recap? I don't think so. Recorded March 4th, 1989. <laughs> so when does Prince do the Kiss by the Rose from her grave? That was sealed. I know, I'm just fucking <laughs> with <laughs> I was just hoping to see as that. As soon as you place, asked yeah. that, I was like, oh, he's going for it, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. anyways, but uh, yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. It sounds yeah. like a great video. Yeah, it is. It's a good video. Good I kind of want to watch uh, Batman now. <laughs> Such a great movie. Such a solid movie. So, anyways, our third act is at Pepe's audition. Uh, he's handed his violin, and he states he doesn't know how to play it. Dorothy uses some of her Sicilian trickery to get Pepe to audition as an actor instead. Uh, the panel sees potential in Pepe's performance. He passes the audition and is admitted to Juilliard. The Goldens are once again happy with their role as white saviors, and the episode <laughs> closes with Sofia Petrillo patronizing Pepe. Yeah, yeah straight up. She's like, mm-hmm. don't I, even ask her if she's happy, but she's like, no, but I can fake a smile. Mm-hmm. Well, there, that was a great, very, um, I don't know, forward-thinking line that Sofia delivers there mm-hmm. that, that would fit quite well in today's culture, um, where she says... Uh, He'll get out of school and spend his whole career getting arrested on TV cop shows. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of talking about like the typecasting <laughs> yeah. and how you know there isn't enough diversity in mm-hmm. the. I mean, it's, it alludes to that anyway. Yeah. Which I thought like, oh, that was a really, um, I don't know, a, a line that was kind of a throwaway line then, I imagine. Yeah. Um, but now, with uh, there being a lot more focus on that, mm-hmm. it actually is a pretty, you know, mm-hmm. pretty relevant line yeah, today. Fairly prescient. Yep. So. Anyways, uh, did either of you have any more to add to it before I go over our guest actors? I do not. All right. 
So we had uh, only four guest actors today. Um, Chick Venera, he played Pepe. Uh, 89 titles to his name. Kid Pepe. Yeah, Kid Pepe. Sorry, <laughs> didn't didn't mean to besmirch. Um, but uh, yeah. he, uh, he was in uh, several episodes of Animaniacs. So that was probably the main thing. that uh, he didn't spend four years at Boxing College to be called. <laughs> right. <laughs> to just be called Pepe. <laughs> he earned that kid. Yeah. And, and one day he may go back to school to become Dr. Pepe. <laughs> exactly. So, um the poor man's Mr. Coco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, the one thing that he has over uh, Coco, though, is this is his first of three Golden Girls episodes. Yeah, yeah. So oh, we're wow. going to see him. Later this season, we even get to see him. Yeah. Well, no, actually, it's both, the other two are both in season five. Oh, okay. So, um, and then we have... Uh, I'm guessing he doesn't reprise his role, though, right? No, no. And I don't believe either of those other two appearances are as the same oh, really? person either. So. <laughs> no, they are. Oh, are they? Yeah. Okay, yeah. good deal. He uh, plays Rose's boss for two episodes. Nice. So moved on up in the world. Apparently, that's a degree at Juilliard helped out with getting a job at a grief center. Exactly. No. <laughs> no, she's a boxing promoter at that point. Oh, okay. <laughs> he plays the guy that tries to mug her in the park. Oh. <laughs> that she shoots. Right. And that's how they they come full circle on exactly. Sophia's prediction. <laughs> Well, that would be a nice meta piece, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, world piece. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had, uh, also had Alfred Dennis. He played um, Charlie. 81 titles to his name. Five episodes of Life Goes On. He was in... Uh, the show with Corky. What's that? I believe so. Yeah. And then he was in... Uh, he was Omar Orloff in uh, one of the Batman 66 episodes. Oh, nice. Um, this was his only Golden Girls, though. Then we had... Uh, Pamela Nock. She was the woman. Yeah. 50 credits to her I'm name. I'm guessing one of the, the people at the, the tryout. Yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah the, the one who talked there. Not the man with the handlebar. Or not wasn't a handlebar, but it was there was a guy who had like a very uh, hipsterish looking mustache mm-hmm. um, on one side and then yeah. her in the middle. They're an art school, Alan. Yeah, have exactly. to, that's, that's one of the requirements. But she, she was has in the fi- middle of his mustache. What's that? She was in the middle of his mustache. She was in the middle of the two guys. <laughs> one guy had a mustache that was on the right side or on one side. There was another uh-huh. guy on the other side that I don't remember having a distinguishing feature. Uh-huh. And then her in the middle. Okay. With her distinguishing feature being that A, she spoke, B, she was a woman. So, you know, at least distinguishing amongst those three. So. Okay. Anyways, 50 credits to her name. 10 episodes of King of Queens. Um, two episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. And uh, 49 episodes of Days of Our Lives as a woman. Yeah, Lavina Peach, I believe was her name in that. Hmm. So, On what? Uh, Lavina Peach. Days of Our Lives. Oh, okay. Yeah. And That's then, the one uh, about the hourglass, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, these are the days <laughs> of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is her only Golden Girls, also. Of course, she is uh, our Star Wars, like our Star Trek tie in for here, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then we had uh, Victor Contreras. He played the voice of Gonzalez. Uh, 14 titles to his name, and this is only Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. So, so Ski, with that, uh, who was your MVP for this episode? I think I gave it to Sophia, actually, because okay. she kind of pulled it all together. I mean, she's the one that was willing to take that risk, Alan. Yeah, and she was the one who was the most racist in it, and that <laughs> tends to be your <laughs> avenue. So. Mm-hmm. And how about you, Brent? <laughs> Ski's like, I wish I was brave enough to follow my heart and buy a person. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't have three thousand dollars. I don't know what kind of money bags you guys think I am. Well, with inflation, it's got to be a lot more now. Uh-huh. <laughs> the days dollars. Not the not the quality person I'd be buying. <laughs> so, so you'd be you'd be trading a jacket for a person is what Probably, you're saying. Probably, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair. Low rent. <laughs> 
He's like, I find I can't really afford a person, but if I wait till after the meth gets them, <laughs> then it becomes a buyer's market. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's, yeah that's that sounds he, like strategy right there. That's why he likes to go out to rural American, exactly. <laughs> America and find young people. So, um, yeah. So, anyways, uh, so Brent, who is your MVP this time around? Oh, Kid Pepe. Oh, Kid Pepe? Yeah. Just for, you know, Chick Chuck Veneer. Not following the stereotype and getting arrested on a lot of oh. <laughs> shows subsequently. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I didn't care for his performance in the episode overall, uh, but I do like that. You know, he had a, a fine career afterwards. <laughs> he did. He did. Uh, but uh, Dorothy was my MVP of this particular one. She gave my favorite lines in it, and I just thought overall she was my favorite. Mm-hmm. And uh, how many slices did this one get for you, Ski? Like five. Five. I liked it, but it was sort of an ad- average one. Okay. Mm-hmm. What about you, Brent? Three and a half. Yeah, I only gave it three. I, mm-hmm. I thought it was a, a below average episode. Um, just the a lot of it just didn't make sense to me. I mean, yeah. in general, like I don't know why him pretending to speak Cuban yeah. would have made it easier because yeah. um, it, it was a money making proposition for both sides. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So why wouldn't he just come clean? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Another money making proposition, a certificate of deposit. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you by any chance figure up how much she could have made had she invested in a? You know, a modest, reliable stock at that time <laughs> left <it> there <laughs> for thirty years. Yeah, no, um, but it, um, with inflation or whatever, um, the buying power that three thousand dollars afforded then mm. is the equivalent to like sixty three hundred now. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so still a, a fine investment overall. If you're getting forty four grand off of it, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so um, but yeah, I just, I mean, obviously. This recap, there was a lot of stuff about Cuban sandwiches and prints. There just wasn't a lot of actual meat in the, in the episode itself. Well, I think we got a couple episodes coming up here that are a little meatier than this particular yeah, one. So we um, had a couple in the past few weeks. You yeah. Know, it was nice to have an off week. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, it, I like a season to have some peaks and valleys because um, mm-hmm. we've had a lot of episodes this season that were kind of in that high mid-level, you mm-hmm. know, where it's like it's not a, a yeah. you know, knocked out of the park type of episode yeah. but it's also not a crappy episode yeah it's kind of nice to have a few here and there that are kind of clunkers yeah yeah and this one wasn't a total clunker it wasn't yeah, no. you know a couple of good well lines. i gave, yeah. i give it the five purely because of the extra good lines i thought were in there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fair enough fair yeah. enough but i thought you yeah, were pretty hilarious you're not wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyways so with that uh stay golden coco Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.